0: Let me bring us back a little bit here. Hopefully you found out some things about your neighbors and what's going on there. And uh, we'll look at that. That's great. We are... Um, my name is Neil, by the way. If I haven't met you, I look forward to doing that. We're in a in a series that we started last week called Rethink It. And it's uh, questions that can help reshape your life. You know, it's one of those things that... Uh, we looked last week at uh, one of the uh, stories we looked at was a guy from Intel, a guy named Andy Grove, who when the company was tanking and they weren't sure what to do, they, they looked at each other and they said, hey, if somebody brand new came in here and they kicked us out, what would the new CEOs, what would they do? And then they answered that question. And once they answered the question, they said, hey, you know, what if we just go outside and come back in and do it ourselves? And so they did, and Intel turned totally around, and they took off and became the giant, again, that they are today. And so one of the things we want to do is we want to begin to think, okay, we're facing some different areas in life. You know, sometimes they're going to be relational. Sometimes they're going to be academic. Sometimes they're dating. Sometimes they're just, you know, job drama, whatever they are. But instead of having an attitude of when we face something that's hard, just bailing on it or thinking, oh, I just need to leave or I need to go do this, instead... Asking ourselves, why don't we just ask another question? Why don't we ask a question, figure out what we need to do different, and then just come back in and do it ourselves? And so why, why don't we actually begin to develop that kind of mindset? Now, one of the things you'll find here at Challenge is this. We really have an interest in you like all of you like I don't mean like all of you I mean like all of you just like you know all all the parts of you we're not just interested in like hey hope you learn some spiritual things here I hope that's good but we really have an interest in you as a total person we want you to develop in all areas we want you to grow in um, academics, we want you to grow relationally. We want you to grow spiritually. We want you to grow every which way. You know, physically, well, physically, yes, but some of you are going, no, don't pray that. Uh, you know, I need to not grow physically. I'm really working against that. But, you know, um, you know if there's things, you know, areas for that we want to help you in all those areas. So this week what I want us to do is spend a little time in academics and look at some academic things and asking questions, asking a different question in academics. Now, some of you, as I've chatted with you, I found out, you know, when you came in, you kind of came in with a little bit of, you know, trepidation. It was kind of like, oh, we're in big school now, you know, and you kind of came in. For others, it's taken a couple of weeks, but now you're in full-blown trepidation. And, uh, you know, for others, you know, you've kind of dealt with some things with comparison and some anxiety. Others, you know, you're just like... (laughs) fat, dumb, and happy. I don't know what's going on. You know, I'm just glad to be here. Others of you, you know, you're kind of looking at things, and you're kind of developed some homesickness. Others, you're, you know, as I've chatted and had different conversations, you know, people are like, I'm a little overwhelmed with some of this stuff, you know, and, uh, and others, you know, just like, I'm depressed. I'm just not feeling. What, what depresses you even more, though, is you look around sometimes, and you see students that they seem to be confident, and they seem to kind of, you know, be well adjusted and they seem to have it together. And and you kind of ask, yourself, what do they know that I don't know? Now, depending upon where you are, you know, you may vacillate between those positions, you know, depending on the day, depending on the week, depending probably on the hour. You may uh, vacillate between I am exceptionally confident to where dear God, what is going on? You know, just somewhere in between there. But what we want to do is we want to figure out, okay, how can you land more often on the side of confident? How can you land more often on the side of successful? How can you land more often on the side of well-adjusted? So the question we want to ask tonight is this. What do confident, successful, well-adjusted students know that you don't know? What is that? What is it that those students know that you don't know? Now, what we're going to do tonight, we could look at probably four or five areas. Actually, we could probably look at 15 areas that uh, you don't know. But we're just going to look at three, okay? We're going to look at three areas tonight. Now, if you're a senior, you know, you're, you're probably thinking, you know, this is good information. would have been good maybe about uh, six semesters back. Uh, you know, but, uh, you know, it's okay. Uh, we're going to look at it right tonight. So uh, the very first thing we're going to look at is this. You need to live in line with priorities. You need to live in line with priorities. That's one of the things successful students can tell you. You need to live in line with priorities. One of the biggest waste of time you're going to find is just the whole thing about indecision, not knowing how to use your time, just the tremendous waste of time in in getting started in doing something. You start sitting around thinking, well, I, I need to do this, but I need to do this, but I need to, whoa, I'll just watch Netflix, Uh, you know, and so, uh, you know, just, you know, you try to figure out what to do. You're working at it. It's just kind of overwhelming you sometimes. You aren't exactly sure how to prioritize your life. You think, I know there should be priorities. I'm just not exactly sure, you know, what the priority should be. So what do successful students know about priorities that you don't know? Well, I'm glad you asked. Um, Probably the most important one is this. Your number one priority. Is not school. Now I know that that flies totally contrary to what you've probably heard what you're probably what your parents told you as they drove off. remember school you're like yeah, all right, here, see ya. Uh, you know so uh, you know you probably heard you've probably told yourself that you know that oh school school is my number one priority. no that's not true. in fact, your number one priority while you're here ought to be your personal relationship with God. Now, as a result of that, you should be a really good student. But being a really good student, that's not the priority. Now, is it something you should give time to? Yeah. Should you give a lot of time to it? Probably much more than you're giving right now. But, you know, it's not to be the all-encompassing thing. It's not to be the big rock that you, you know, do everything around. Um, We're going to talk a little bit more about being a good student later. But, you know, that's not to be the thing. But learning to know God and love him, learning to really follow him, learning how, how to really do those things, that ought to be a priority for your life. Now you say, well, why, why is that? Well, I'm, I'm glad you asked that too. There's, there's actually three reasons that I can think of. One is this. You know what? One of these days, these four years, or for some of you, seven, uh, one of these days, you know, this is simply going to be a story you tell. That's all it's going to be. You're like, are you kidding? You know how much this story costs? Yeah, I know. But it's uh, <laughs> one of these days. I mean, when you sit around someday and you're talking with friends, the entirety of your time here will simply be a story you tell. And so one of the questions you have to ask yourself is this. You know, what is the story I want to tell? You know, I, uh, I made school my priority. You're like, hmm, how would that work for you? You know, what is the story you want to tell? You know, the second reason is if you make school your number one priority while you're here, when you get out, you're just going to transfer that to your job. Then your job's going to be your number one priority. And I don't know anyone in the world that wants to be married to someone whose number one priority is their job. You know, nobody. So you know what? You don't want to do that. You don't want to have the idea, well, school is all that it's about. No. Now, we're going to talk about school in a minute about it It needs to be a priority, but it's not the priority. But you look at that, the third reason is because of the context of your life. Now, most of us, when we think of the context of our life, we think, life's about me. In fact, I, I doubt if I were to ask you right now, you know, how many of you, when you find that other people consider you a lot, and they really, you know, take your interest and they think about those all the time, how many of you that really bothers You're like, oh, I hate that. I hate it that they're always doing things for me. I hate it that they're always considering me. I hate, you know, no, most of you think, keep it up, keep it up. In fact, show the other people how to do that as well, okay? (laughs) May you all join in. That's what we think. We really tend to think that life revolves around us. Now, that is not something new, okay? That's gone on from the beginning of time. In fact, what you find is... that Moses dealt with this very th- same thing. Moses, if you guys remember, you know, that he looked a lot like Charlton Heston. And he, uh, he was the one who took and delivered Israel, you know, for the longest time. He, he brought Israel out of slavery that they'd been in for hundreds of years. And he brings them out, brings them into the promised land. When he writes this Psalm, he has been walking with God a long time. He has looked at a lot of life. And then he writes this in Psalm 90, and he says this, Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were born, or you gave birth to the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. What Moses tells them and what he tells us is this. You know what? The context for your life is not your life the context for your life is not from like womb to tomb. That's not it. The context is from everlasting to everlasting with God at the very center. That's the context for your life. Now, when you begin to realize that, when you begin to realize, okay, that's the context for my life, everlasting to everlasting with God at the very center. When you begin to realize that suddenly your life's going to begin to make a lot more sense to you. Suddenly, the role of your life and what you do with your life is going to begin to make more sense. And the reason is this. You know what? We tend to have this idea that really isn't life kind of about me? Isn't isn't what I do with my life just kind of about me? Isn't it totally unique? Isn't it something that I should just, you know, figure out and stuff? Isn't that what life's all about? But when you begin to realize, no, 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 no the story's not about you. In fact, you're not even on the stage of life long enough to be a star. Okay? I mean, your years at most they're 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 few. And so you look and you think, "Okay, if I'm not even on the stage of life long enough, then what's life about?" Well, from everlasting to everlasting, it's about God. And so when you begin to realize that, then you begin to realize then my story needs to fit in with what his story is. And my story needs to fit in with what he's doing. And I need to begin to ask myself a totally different question then. Instead of, instead of trying to figure out, you know, how is this all about me or how does everything else fit around me, what I need to begin to figure out is how do I fit in to the things that God is doing? How do I, how do I join that? Moses' conclusion comes in verse 12. In that same chapter in Psalm 90, and I'd encourage you, if you haven't read that, go home and pull out your Bible and, you know, read Psalm 90. It will just bless your socks. And so, you know, you you read this right here. He says, in verse 12, so teach us to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. Another way of saying that, he's saying this. He says, Lord, let me remember how brief life is and prioritize it in such a way that I get the things that are important to you done. Lord, help help me live my life in such a way that I line up with what you're about. You know, help us to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. Now, many of you, I mean, you know what that means. You know what it means to number your days. I mean, you know, here last week, you know, I was like, how you doing? Three days, then we play UNLV. They're like, yeah, I know, you know. Now, after this week, no one's counting down to this weekend, you know, that much. I mean, we're kind of hoping, I hope, you know, <laughs> you know. But, I mean, last week was a little bit, you know, kind of a little, little bit rough starting off, you know. So, but, I mean, you know what it is to number days. You know what it is to count down on things. And that's exactly what Moses is talking about. He says, you know what, you need to number your days. You need to be thinking in such a way like, because what do you do when you number your days? You're thinking, okay. Three days till the game. I've got to get my gear so that I'm ready for the game. Got to get that big finger. Got to bring over that. I've got to get this stuff. I've got to get this. I've got to get that. You think about the days you have leading up to that. Everything you have to do leading up to that. He says, you know, it's the same way. When you revolve your life around what God's doing, you start thinking to yourself, what are the things I need to get done every day in line with what God's about? What do I need to do there? And you began to live your life that way. You began to align your life with what God's doing. So you live with priorities. You put the big rocks in first. Now, is one of those studies? Sure, you bet. Just like one of them is your health. Just like one of them is relationships. But none of those are the thing you should center your life around. That is only your relationship with God. He's the one you center your life around. So secondly, the second thing successful students know, you must learn to manage your time. You must learn to manage your time. You only have so much of it. In fact, that's one of the things that Moses is trying to stress there in that passage, too, is you know what? You've only got so many years. You need to learn to use them well. You can't get them back again. So you need to learn to use them well. So how do you go about managing your time? One hint I would tell you, you know, make room in your schedule for projects make room for routine things, and make room for the unexpected, okay? Now, you're going to have certain things that are just your routine every single week. You know, you get up, you go to class, you have homework, you eat, you sleep, you relate. You know, you have your regular routine of things you go through. But then you're going to have projects, too. You're going to have, you know, group projects. You're going to have papers. You're going to have, you know, building models, sending them to the moon. You're going to be having all sorts of different things you do, and so on those projects, you know, you have, need to schedule in time for those as well. With routine things, you're just working in it. You know, with projects, you're working on it. But then you also need to schedule some margin time. You need to schedule some time in there that's like these is, this is for unexpected things. Now, like this week, you know, Connor, Connor, can I use you as an example? Thank you. Um, Connor, um, Connor was deciding to come home the other night. He was, he was driving home. Now, what he had in his schedule was, you know, I, I get on the board and I go home. He wasn't really thinking, hey, SUV's going to pull out and cream me and the board. You know, now, if he had no margin in his schedule, then it would be like, I, I'm sorry. I, I cannot be run over right now. I don't have time for this. You know what? I mean, I've got, I know. I mean, I have a class that just ended and I've got another one I've got to be at. And then I have, you no. Know, you know, you have to have some margin that you have built in. You know, that didn't wreck his life. I talked to him today. It didn't wreck his life. Well, it wrecked his board. But, I mean, it didn't wreck his life. I mean, he wasn't sitting there, like, scarred for life, like, oh, how will I ever get that hour back? Oh, no. Why? Because he had a little bit of margin built in. For some of you, you know, you live life just so highly caffeinated all the time, you know, that you're just like, miss it i can't miss it oh my gosh you know i mean i've got i got 30 seconds come on no sit down let's have an intelligent conversation i've got two minutes Uh, you know i mean you just like good night lighten up build some margin in that's how you learn to manage time it'll it'll be much healthier for you you know a second thing in managing time make a schedule actually more importantly live off of it but we'll talk about that in a minute make a schedule Make a schedule. Now, a lot of times we think of schedules as just like laundry list for our activities. Like, well, I've got to do this, i got to do this, and that's my schedule. No, 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 no. A schedule is much less about what you have to get done and much more about who you're becoming. And what you'll find is this. If you craft your schedule well, then you actually use that to become the kind of person and become the individual that you want to be. If you don't, you won't. I mean, we had a guy that was here on staff a couple of years ago. His name was Chris, and not this Chris, but a different Chris. And um, this guy was on, on um, staff, and he, he kind of noticed that, you know, he he was kind of not tall enough for his weight. And so he was sitting there one day, and he thought about that, and he thought, you know, hey, you know, Surely, you know, I mean, if, no, I mean, honestly, if he was seven six, he would have been good, but, you know, he wasn't. He was 5'6", and so, you know, it was a little bit of a problem, and so he decided, well, I need to do something about this, and so he did. So in his schedule, he put in running in the evening, and you think, really, one word? Yeah, running. Now, you may look at that, and you may think, well, how can that change? Well, let me tell you, over the course of that year, 110 pounds is how that changed. I mean, he totally went from being this person to this person, you know, and just one year, one word, in a schedule, running. And you begin to look and you think, wow, you can, you can do things like, oh, yeah. You know, you can actually change a lot of areas of your life simply by crafting a schedule. Now, here's the thing, though. Once you craft the schedule and you spend all this time thinking over color-coding it, no, guys aren't, guys aren't going to do that, but girls will. But, you know, I mean, you, know, you get everything color-coded. You get Well, there's a few guys that would. But you get the whole thing <laughs> color-coded. You get it all down. What you're going to find is this. Once you get it all done, you still have to do something with it. You know, as a friend of mine used to say, once you decide to paint the barn, there's only one thing left to do. Paint the barn. You know, deciding something is only 10% of it actually following through and doing it, that's 90%. So you've got to figure out, okay, what do I need to do? How do I actually put this into practice? This dawned on me when I was in school one time. I I had noticed that, you know, I kind of used the ram-cram method early on in school. Well, that's, you know, when I did think of studying, I tried not to let studies get in the way of my education my first couple of years. But uh, (laughs) I decided, you know, that was going to work finally. So when I did... I began to work on some things and, and I would like study, you know, like the night before and, you know, people would be going, oh, when's does the paper do? Tomorrow. Uh, I thought it was a research paper. It is. Give me the books. Uh, you know, And so, uh, so it was kind of like that. But I had this epiphany one day. I thought, life should not be this way. And I thought, yeah. But I had no one that was really helping me with that at the time. So I just, you know, was kind of winging it on my own trying to figure this out. So I figured out they... Put out syllabi early. I will get one of the syllabi when summer starts. I will buy all of the books. I will read the books. And when I go back in the fall and I sit in this class and this professor goes, now, who has heard of this? Yes. And I was uh, just waiting. I mean, I had it all planned out. I thought, this is going to be great. So I got the syllabus. I went over. I bought the books. I'm thinking, Does it get easier? I submit it does not. And so I went home. There was only one thing I did not do. Read the books. That's exactly (laughs) right. I mean, I got home and I thought, what a great plan. In fact, I spent the whole month of June thinking... What a great plan, you know. And then in July, I thought, you know, I probably ought to get started on that. And I thought, well, you know, I mean, it's pretty hot. Uh, So, uh, you know, then I thought, well, you know, it finally got to be August. I thought, it's too late now. And so I went back to school, and the professor said, hey, who knows about this? And I thought, somebody that read their books probably. So, uh, you know, what you find is schedules, plans like that, they don't make any difference if you don't do them, okay. So make a schedule, but then do it. You know, a third thing in uh, just time management, avoid time wasters. Now, we probably don't need to spend a lot of time on that. You know what those are. In fact, you're hoping I don't bring those up. But, you know, just time wasters. You know, if, if you'll notice things, there's things that you do that you just unintentionally lose time. Like some of you, you know, you think, well, I don't really wear a watch. What I do is I just check my time on my phone. And so you pull out your phone and you're like, oh, I didn't know she wrote. Uh, well, I better write her back. Well, and instead of checking time, 30 minutes later you figured out the time, and you've also answered 14, you know, different texts, and you've you know checked Facebook, and you found out that you know she did actually move this summer, and all these different things that you know really were just life-shattering. And you you find out those things and wasted time again and again. Or some of you have you ever now you've never done this, but you've heard of people who've done this. You find out about a new series on Netflix. So you sit down and you think, I'll watch one. Hmm. That one was pretty good. wonder what the second one's about. And then, you know, two seasons later, you're kind of going, I probably shouldn't have spent 12 hours watching Netflix. That probably wasn't a really good idea. And then, But then, you know, you think, but I'm, 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 I'm sure I'm fine. I just, you know, have a test tomorrow. So uh, if you'll watch those time wasters, because that's where we lose a whole lot of our time. Now, what do you think we tend to take time from whenever we've lost time? Hmm. Priorities usually, don't we? We're kind of like, who is the most understanding person in the world? Well, it's not my professor. Um, It's not my parents. God. So, you know, if I just don't spend any time with him, if I just don't get any of the things done, I mean, you know, he'll understand after all. I mean, you know, he's the one who created Netflix, isn't he? I mean, you know, and so we have thoughts like that, but you know, what we need to do is live off priorities, begin to manage our time better. One of the real questions to ask yourself is, what are you doing with your time? What are you doing with your time? Paul asks that question to the Ephesians, and he says it something like this. He says, therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. He says, be careful how you walk, not as unwise, and you kind of look at that and you think, what does that mean? Well, what wise people do is wise people see connections. Wise people understand that my activities today affect my outcomes tomorrow. They see the connection between those things. People that aren't wise, they're just kind of like, oh, (laughs) I don't think it's going to be a problem. (laughs) I can play basketball, sure. You know, I mean, they just don't think about it at all. They just don't see the connections. And so what you have to do, he says, you need to learn to be wise. Now, is there times where you can just go say yes to things? Sure, that's why you build in some of the unscheduled time. But you need to learn to use your time wisely. Now, why in the world? Would you think there would be people that they look at things and they, they know what to do, but they don't do it? I mean, now, there again, you've never done this, but you, you know people who have. They sit right there and they look and they think, I know I need to be working on this, or I know I need to be writing this, or I know I need to be doing whatever. And then you'll ask me, you'll say, do you know this? Yes. What are you going to do? Nothing. Nothing, no. See, now, Scripture calls those people foolish. Foolish people, they know what to do, but they don't intend to do it. And so, you know, maybe the reason they don't, maybe they don't see the connectedness. Maybe they just don't care. Um, Whatever the case is. But here's what Paul says to them in the very next verse. He says, so then, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. In other words, God has things he wants for you to do. He has things he, he's designed for you to be here. You know, like you're looking and you think, is study something that I should be doing? Yes, that's why you're here. That's part of what you should be doing. It's not the centerpiece. It's not what everything needs to revolve around, but it is definitely something you need to be doing. So you begin to look and he says, do not be foolish. In other words, what Paul is saying is, don't recognize that you know what to do and then not do it. Now, some of you, even as we've been talking about some things, you think, oh, you know, I need to be working on that thing and I should have been doing that earlier today. And I know, yeah, but see, if you know that and then you just walk out and you think, yeah, but I'm not going to do it, then what scripture would say is you're being foolish. You know, what you need to do is understand there are things you need to work on and do those. Manage your time well. The last one, practices, practices that pay off. You need to. There's certain things that successful students do. There's certain things that those ones that have confidence about them that they do, and that there's just some practices that they are about all the time that they really pay off if you'll do them. So, one of those is just is learn to be diligent. Learn to be diligent. Um, Proverbs thirteen four says, the soul of a lazy man desires and has nothing, but the soul of the diligent will be made rich. You know, have you ever sat around sometimes and thought, boy, I really, I really would like to have good grades. I would really like to do well on that test, or I'd really like to do well on that project. Hmm better go eat another bowl of ice cream and think about that, you know? And so you just kind of go over there and, you know, you, you have a desire, but what he says right here is this desire doesn't equal successful student. It's desire plus diligence equals success. Desire plus diligence equals success. So you want to have a real sense of, uh, a real sense of, uh, diligence in what you're about. Secondly, one of the things you want to do is you, as you're working on being a student, you want to work to really be an excellent student. Now, by excellent, I'm not talking about, like, you know, Nikki was talking about earlier being like a perfectionist. I'm not talking about that, you know, where you're like, I used to do this when I was growing up. Have you ever done this? I mean, maybe it's just me. So if it is, please don't tell me. Uh, but, you know, when I was young, like, I would be writing something out. Have you ever made a mistake on a paper and then think tear it all up, you know, throw it away, got to start all over because, oh, my gosh, you know. Yes, I would be writing things when I was young, and if I made a mistake, it was like, oh, that is not a good paper. And I would have to tear the whole thing up and start over again. You know, I'm not talking about that. When I say be an excellent student, I'm saying with the time you have and with the abilities you have, doing your best. That's what I'm talking about in being an excellent student. With the time you have and with the ability you have, doing your best. You want to work to be an excellent student. Paul says this to the Colossians He says, Whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. It is the Lord Christ whom you serve. Now you look at that, you say, Really? Yeah. What he's saying in there, in essence, is this. It really doesn't matter whose name's on the syllabus, and it really doesn't matter, you know, whose name's on the class. Whenever you go into that class, you ought to go into the class and approach it like, the one who is leading this class is Jesus. And so, therefore, I'm going to perform up to what would be good that I would want to hand in to him. And you kind of think, hmm. Now, some of you are thinking right now, I think I'm going to rework that paper a little bit. You know, I think it's a little bit different. Yeah, You know, there's a different standard. So what are some of the things? What are some of the uh, practices that will pay off? One, study to learn, not just to pass, okay? Study to learn. When I was in grad school, there was a guy there that was an ethics prof, and uh, the guy had more degrees than a thermometer. I mean, this guy was like, I'm serious. I mean, this guy had like five degrees, okay? He had like a, a bachelor's, two master's, two doctorates, and this guy was brilliant. And, you know, we, he, you would talk to him. He taught ethics, so I think he was telling the truth. But, uh, you know, he, he told me one day, he said, you know, they were talking. He said, I've never studied for a test. And I'm thinking, get out of here. Are those honorary doctorates? I mean, what the heck? You know, I'm thinking, how do, how do you get two doctorates, two masters in an undergrad? And he said, no. He said, I always thought I need to go in to learn not just to pass. He said, so I would go to class, and I would write all my notes out and go over everything, listen to everything. prof said I'd write everything out. He said, and then I'd go home and I'd read that. And then second day, I'd go in and I'd take notes, and I'd come in and I'd read day one, and I'd read day two. He said third day, I'd come in and I'd read day one, day two, day three. He said it just kind of went on like that. He said every day, I just kept adding to it. I just kept reading it. He said, so then they'd come up and say, you know, there's a test tomorrow. I think, okay. He said, if there was something I wanted to go do, I'd go do it. If there was a movie I wanted to see, I'd go see it. He said, and I'd walk in and take the test. I'd do okay. Now, you don't get two doctorates, two masters, and a bachelor's doing okay. You know, I thought, you know, you did better than okay. He said, yeah. He said, but the thing is, I went in to learn, not just to pass. That challenged me because that had never been my forte to that point, you know. So I was like, hmm. But I began to learn some things, you know, and I, w- I would say, you know, have that as a, as, a, as a picture in your mind. You know what? What would this class look like if I went in here to actually learn, not just get through it? You know, one of the guys that uh, used to, I used to work with, one of the things he did when he went to school, he said he treated school like a job. From, he said, he figured if he had a job, he'd be in the job from like 8 to 5. So he said, so he'd go in, he'd go to class. He said, if, if class started at 10 o'clock, at 8 o'clock, he was over studying in the library. He'd study from like 8 to 10. Then he'd go over to class. If he got out, he'd go study. He said, he'd quit studying at 5 o'clock. He said, never studied at night. Never really worried about that. He said, you know, go in. He'd take the test. He'd tear it up. But he just basically, what he did was he treated school like a job and he would schedule his time to be able to do that. But what you've got to have is if you're going to be a good student, go in to learn, not just to pass. Second thing, learn to study hard. Learn to study hard. Um, Don't be studying all the time. I mean, you will be totally boring. And no one will like you. Uh, So, you know, don't do that. But um, I know and for some of you, you're like, that's what I've been worried about all week. Well, it's going to be true if you study all the time. So, uh, you know, don't do that. Instead, you know, I mean, take some time. You need to really study. But when you study, study hard. Really get after it. And when you're studying, you know, shoot for excellence in the way you study. Too many people, what they shoot for is get by. Now, if you shoot for excellence and miss it, you're still at get by. If you should forget by and miss it, yeah, you're in trouble. So, you know, don't do that. And, and tell yourself the truth. As you're studying, some classes, some classes you may not need an A in. Some classes the difference between an A and a B is so big that you're thinking, do I really have, you know, that many more hours that I want to give to that in order to do that? Or not. And so, you know, make some calculated decisions there. Begin to look through it. But as you do, look at it and, th- and think through, you know, how do I need to approach this? I would encourage you, study hard. One of the things that's going to help you on is when you get out and you get a job, you're going to be used to working hard. Now, if you look around some of the staff, I guarantee you, uh, I've watched them when they were in school. I watched them when they were out of school. And I can tell you this, they really studied hard. That's really benefited them within the marketplace and other things now because when they got out, they were used to really applying themselves. And so, therefore, they've been able to excel at other jobs because of that. So, you know, study hard. Third thing. Now, this is one that for some of you, this is going to be a new thought. Go to class. Go to class. See, that's what successful students do. They go to class. And there's real reasons for that. You know, one of the reasons, you know, profs, a lot of times they will teach the test during class time if you will just go to class and pay attention. I mean, when you look at a syllabus, it all looks the same. Have you ever noticed that? There's like three sections or four sections in the syllabus, and all of them have about, you know, a half a page or something. You're kind of looking at it, yeah, all right, you know. You kind of think, well, they're all equally weighted. But then you go to class, A New Revelation And you go into there, and the guy spends like four days covering the first point in section one. Then he skips over the other points. Then he kind of goes to, you know, section two, and he spends a little bit of time there, but not a lot. Then all of a sudden he says, we're going to have a test, and we're going to have an essay question. And then we're going to have some short answer, and then we're going to have some, you know, true-false. Stuff. Now, what do you think the essay question's coming off of? That's right, section one, his four-day rant, you know. And how would you know that? You were in class, and you go to class. I mean, I used to have profs that would say things like this. They'd be going along, and they'd be teaching something, and they'd look up, and they'd say, you might want to remember that. I think, you know. <laughs> I needed all the help I could get. You know, I'm sitting there paying attention. I thought, all right, I will pay attention to this. You know, but you learn things like that when you go to class. You 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 pick up on so many different things. Plus that, you know, when you go to class, they notice. They notice when you're not there. And you think, no, this is a big class. Trust me. I I, I notice things. I notice when people aren't around and you say, Really? You know? Yeah, I notice, you know. I notice. You know, and you think. How can you notice? There are a lot of people. I know. I still notice. Profs do the same thing. They notice those things. So, you know, pay attention. Go to class. It's a good thing. fourth thing, keep in mind, or fifth, whatever we're on there, keep in mind your work is being graded by a human being. This would be real good to remember. in um, several things, like write legibly. Um, you know, things like office hours, when they have those go in, you would be surprised at how different. I never realized that until I was like, nearing the end of college and i went in and visited with this one professor because i thought oh i don't get this one class and i was on this point i was tracking you know this was going to be like my third semester of you know straight a's and i was cruising in and so i was wanting to make sure i got this one class so i went in and i'm sitting down and i'm talking with this prof i said yeah I, i don't really understand this right here And he goes oh well tell me about it so i kind of explained a little bit of it to him you know and he goes oh well you're thinking about this and he begins to work with me. Now I go in and take the test. I guarantee you, if I was over the border, I was barely over the border between like an A and a B. I mean, in fact, I don't even think I could see the border from where I was. But, you know, I, I was somewhere in the ballpark. But you know what? I ended up with an A. Anything? That can happen. Yes, it can happen. I mean, you know, the reason is because if they know you're interested, if they know that you really care about the class. I was teaching a class here several years ago, a grad class, and um, I went in, I was teaching this class, and, like, it was a, it was a um, 12-week class. Seven weeks in, this guy shows up in class. I thought he was visiting. And, you know, I'm sitting there, and, and I, he comes up afterwards, and he said, hey, and I said, hey. I said, are you visiting with somebody today? He goes, no, I'm in here. I've been here every day. Where have you been? You know, I, 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 you are. And he goes, yeah. He goes, I had some other stuff I was doing. So what do I need to do to catch up? I thought, retake the class. Uh, You know, and he was like, no, seriously. I thought, yeah, I'm serious. And, uh, you know, you'll find out, you know what, you need to actually take advantage of office hours. Go by, see, if they know you care, they make a real difference. It'll matter to them. So do that. Next to last. Start projects and papers early. Start projects and papers early. You know, people tend to think there's, there's kind of three categories that they're working in. I'm ahead of schedule, I'm behind schedule, I'm right on schedule. There's actually two categories. You're ahead of schedule or you're behind schedule. Because what you find is if you think you're right on schedule, then just one bump in the road and oh, oh, now you're behind schedule. Now, if you're working on a project, when do those bumps tend to occur? At the beginning or at the end? Yeah, yeah. Right at the end, just as you're putting everything together and you're thinking, what? What? (laughs) It's due tomorrow! But you know what? If you've been working on it in advance, then when you got to that point, you're like, hey, we still got time. We can still fix this. So start early, work on projects. Last thing is this. Go to bed at a decent time. Go to bed at a decent time. You know, sleep doesn't make you a good student. But if you're overly tired, it's hard to be a good student. So, you know, go to bed. Actually get some rest. Now, you look at that and you think, wow, um, should I do those things? Well, if you would like school to go better for you. It would be a good idea. A lot of times, we tend to try to look at some answer. We want it to be immensely spiritual or immensely, you know, like, you know, some spooky thing, you know. (laughs) Instead, they tend to be very practical things like, you know what, get some sleep and go to class. Pay attention. Work on projects early. But you begin to do those things. You begin to realize, you know what, even if I don't you know, crush this class. This isn't what life's all about. In fact, one day this class will simply be a footnote in the story that I'm telling, which is a short story about the time here. So what I would encourage you is work on those things. Realize the priority. Realize how to manage your time. And then begin to practice some things that really pay off. So the question that I have for you, which is the one you probably don't want to hear, is this. What area that we've looked at tonight do you need to begin to put into practice right now? What area that we've looked at do you need to begin to put into practice right now so that you are actually doing better in all this? So take some time. Take a few minutes and think about that. And kind of look over there and figure out, okay, what do I need to look at? And I'll pray for us, and we'll uh, invite the... uh, band back up father thanks thanks that you give us very practical help in your word thanks that you uh remind us that life really isn't about us it's it's so much bigger than that and um we actually have uh far less to uh to think that we should center it around ourselves So, Father, help us to be wise. Help us to really uh, live life in such a way that we really uh, honor you and bless others with our lives, Father. And we pray that in Jesus' name.